Welcome back to another episode of High and Wide Radio. I'm your host, Angry Jim, here as always with Kyle and Jack. Jack, you were gone for a week, man. Did you, did you get a nice tan? Where'd you go again? St. Lucia. Saint and Lucia. I, How uh, was that? I'm Irish, so I had to avoid the sun as much as I could. I did not get that much of a tan, a little bit burnt. It was a nice uh, reset, just what the doctor ordered. And yeah, I'm officially a married man now, and it is what it is. How do you feel? No different whatsoever. A, a little bit less free, or no, no, no. I wouldn't not yet. Anyway, I'm sure that'll come in at some point. But <laughs> it is what it is, you know. Did they uh, did they have any hockey down there in St. Lucia? I did talk to a uh, one guy from Canada. Claimed to be a Maple Leafs fan, but he called the Winter Classic something ridiculous that's not the Winter Classic, and it made me laugh. And I was like, I don't know if this guy actually watches hockey. <laughs> he might just be from Canada and was trying to pull the fast one. <laughs> I can't remember what he called it, but it was not the, the Winter Classic. <laughs> oh, interesting. Um, so, yeah, glad to have you back, Jack. We missed you last week. Kyle, did, did you go somewhere this weekend? I had something I wanted to ask you about. Now I can't remember what it was go somewhere no it was my kid's third birthday man oh, that's right yeah that's here right. we had a killer little party on saturday got it lined me up perfectly for the flyers that came on at 10 kyle jr three the big three yeah buddy beautiful yeah so a lot of a lot of good stuff going on in the uh, hw family this week um even you know speaking of hw family Carson Torinsky scored his first NHL goal, uh, I believe it was Saturday night, Kyle? Yes, sir. Yeah, so congratulations to Carson. Um, I This guy hasn't been on our show, but I, I feel like he's part of our family. In the lineup tonight, Chris motherfucking Stewart is in the lineup for the Philadelphia Flyers uh, when they face off against the, the Calgary Flames. Now... Maybe you guys have seen more of this stuff than I have because I haven't seen a lot of people bitching, maybe here and there. I've seen a lot of people bitching about the people bitching. Um, and, I, of course, I'm always trying to stir up some shit and, you know, not many people are responding. But uh, how do you guys feel about Chris Stewart being in the lineup here? I'll, I'll go to Kyle first because, you know, he seemed a little bit – he said Spicy Kyle's going to come out tonight. So, let me Oh, he's here and he's ready to go, Jim. Go ahead. I am fucking tired of people who think that fighting doesn't belong in the sport. Because let's face the facts. It's not the 70s anymore. We got it. We got we got your message. Believe me, we did. But guess what? It still happens on a night-to-night basis. You still need somebody in the lineup that's going to hold people accountable. Last year, the years previous to that, we had Wayne Simmons. And somebody on Twitter, and I'm not going to name names, pointed out that he didn't stop Mantha from hit, from his big hit or Gabriel. Well, guess what? The very next game, Mantha answered the bell against Wayne Simmons. Mantha's not a fighter, but he answered the bell against Wayne Simmons. And guess what? Mantha didn't lay another hit like that for the rest of the season on anybody. So I'm pretty sure the message was sent. I'm not saying Chris Stewart's going to light the world on fire by any means. All right. Not what he's there for. But the guy will be able to handle himself. And quite frankly, with all the youth that 
everybody keeps telling me he's going to be up and come in. And Who do you want on the fourth line? Farabee or Chris Stewart? Let's be honest here. Do you want Farabee lining up to Milan Lucic? I don't think so. I don't know about you guys, but I'd rather not see that take place. Personally, I'd rather see Farabee play four to six minutes a night so that he could you know, watch and learn from uh, gritty, uh, you know, tough playing veterans like Jake Voracek night in and night out. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Just you kidding. Know, Jim, the way you said that sentence, I thought you said you wanted him watching gritty. And after what you just said, it might as well be at that point. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But, yeah. Now, to say on Stewart, um, I mean, I pretty much agree with everything Kyle said. I mean, we even saw it with Gudis. Certain players, would, at the very least, knew to keep their head up or were very wary of these players when they got near them. They didn't need to get hit or jolted or anything like that because they have a reputation and they know about that. So the difference here with Stewart is he's on a – well, first off, he doesn't cost you anything. He's a league minimum. Uh, you can He's a 13th forward. He can be sent down. It's no harm, no foul. It's not like we went and traded or an asset or signed a guy for you know a large chunk of cap space. It's a one-year thing. It's not a big deal. Yeah, can he probably not keep up with the play? Well, that's why he's on the fourth line. So don't expect much goals out of him. Although, he does have some hands. Uh, uh, Bill Meltzer joked that he's a shootout specialist because the guy did pot a, pretty close to 40 goals, if not 40 goals, once in his career. And you're looking at him in a fourth-line role to fight. So the only thing he doesn't have anymore, really— is his speed. So they put in a situation, could he, if he had a wide open shot on that, he might even pot a goal or two. Who knows? What a, the whole point is he's in there for grit because this team has zero. We lost Scootis, we lost Simmons, and Konechny can't be running around, you know, Brad Marchand Jr. being the only guy trying to rev up this team and defend his teammates. So, yeah, he's not going to be in the lineup every night, but certain nights he should be. And I, yeah, as Kyle was saying, you need that. Like you, you can't. It's not the '70s, but the Blues beat the shit out of their opponents, and they just won the cup. And they beat some teams that, on paper, they weren't better than, and they're still the Stanley Cup champions. So the, the people getting this upset over this, it's a little, it's silly. I didn't think Stewart would get a contract out of camp. I, did, I really didn't. But he showed he wants it. And on top of that, he's going to continue to push the envelope and do exactly what the coaches want him to do because nothing – it's not – he's not being given anything. He needs to do what he has to do to stay with the team. Otherwise, he's out of here. He can be cut or just sent to the Phantoms, and he doesn't want that. So he's going to be a live wire here and hopefully better than uh, Goldborn. So this guy was an <laughs> NHL. Um, yeah. Is he slow? Yeah. But let's, I'm not that, there's much bigger issues I have than Chris Stewart playing a game or two on the fourth line. And listen, to, to add to Jack's point, guys, relax. All right. I, we know it's not the seventies, but guess what? The Rangers are icing Michael Halley every single game. That dude does nothing but fight. That's his job. That's all he does. You got the Islanders with Ross Johnston. The dude's six foot six. All he—he's not a very good defenseman. He's not, but he fights, and he's going to take liberties with people. So in these games where the matchup requires you to match somebody that's tough, you now have that guy. I'm not saying he should play every night. No, absolutely not. When you're playing a team, even like Carolina. They don't have anybody that's that's going to take liberties or that 
uh, even if they do, that somebody on the Flyers can't handle themselves against. I'm not worried about shit like that. I'm worried about the teams that are carrying legit tough guys being able to do whatever the hell they want. You heard it from Riley Cote right here on HW Radio. When he found out Donald Brashear wasn't in the lineup, he knew he had the full ice to run around and do whatever the hell he wanted because there was nobody on the Washington Capitals that was going to say anything. How did how did he say that exactly? Do you remember exactly what he said? <laughs> I don't think we should repeat it. But <laughs> if you want to listen to it, you can go back. It was a fantastic episode. It was. I was trying to get you to say it. <sighs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm sitting over here. I'm trying to play devil's advocate to you guys, but I I just agree. It's really hard for me to get worked up about Chris Stewart, one way or the other. If he got cut and sent down to the Phantoms, wouldn't give a shit. You know, they decided to give him a, a contract, a, a one-way contract. I think, I think what I saw is he's making like seven hundred thousand with the Flyers and like two two hundred and fifty thousand or something with the Phantoms, or he's that's what he's gonna make if he gets sent down or some shit like that. I don't see this move as a permanent move. Uh, I'm not even sure I see it as a temporary move. I, I kind of see it as, okay, let's see how he does against real NHL players in a real NHL game. Uh, uh, Kyle, you had a point earlier, maybe before the show. I mean, Milan Lucic is on the, is on the Flames this year, and his 30-goal, 20-goal scoring days are, are long gone. I think there was an instance this season actually where uh, somebody somebody did something stupid and he came over and punched the guy right in the face. You know, he's not a little guy. And if you're looking up and down the Flyers roster of who's going to stand up to Milan Lucic, I, maybe there's somebody who could, but there's nobody that I would want to, if that makes sense. And a guy like Chris Stewart, uh, and I don't mean for this to sound like inhumane or, or however you want to take it, but I have no problem sending Chris Stewart out to go fight Milan Lucic. I think he would get his ass whooped, but uh, I don't want anybody else doing it, and I don't want anybody else sitting in the box for five minutes or potentially getting a game misconduct. You know, these guys are out there to keep players like Milan Lucic honest, okay? Um, and I think a lot of the guys who are saying, you know, call up Farabee, call up Farabee's skill over whatever Chris Stewart brings, I don't think they understand maybe that part of the game. Obviously, you want skill on your hockey team, but there's so much more inside the game than the actual game, if that makes sense. There's a lot of head stuff going on, a lot of puffing your chest out, you know, things like that. If you look across the bench and you see you know, a guy like Chris Stewart, you might think twice about doing something stupid during the game. You know what I mean? Whereas if you don't see him, and, and you're a guy like Riley Cote, for example, you're going to go run around like a, like a whatever out there, you know, and take liberties with whoever you want because you know you don't have to answer to anybody. You could take whoever's going to, you know. There was a, a, what was it, a preseason game? Who was yelling at the entire bench? Was it Tom Wilson? He, he, he skated over to somebody's bench and was yelling at the entire bench. There's not one person on the bench that's going to fuck with Tom Wilson, and he knows it. And I don't want that to be the Flyers because that's embarrassing, you know? So that that's kind of my feelings on Chris Stewart. It sounds like we all, all agree there. 
Um, like I said, I was going to try to play, play devil's advocate, but it's just it was impossible for something like this. In the end, not really a huge thing, but for some reason in, in Flyers Twitter, it is. So it was fun to talk about. Uh, any last points on the Chris Stewart saga? I'm sure it's not over, but... No, we'll just wait. No, we're going to see him fight Milan Lucic tonight. <laughs> Who will change and, some and real quick. And guess what? If he wins the freaking fight, watch Philly's tone change. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I swear to God, if I see one person that bashed the signing today says anything about, like, what a fight, fucking just cheering for it at all, I'm going to jump on them faster <laughs> than a fly on <clears throat> Because you know what? If they didn't have Stewart, they'd be saying, oh, we got great with Konechny. But Milan Lucic would actually chokeslam or powerbomb Travis Konechny. I love TK, but he would destroy him. And I don't want TK fighting anyway. I want him scoring goddamn goals. But you know, it also allows having a guy like Stewart in the lineup allows TK to work to get under people's skin more. Good point. It allows him to talk more shit because he knows somebody's there that's going to have his back almost immediately. It's true. So it plays in the TK's game. It allows him to play with more. He's more comfortable on the ice. It allows him to be himself a little bit more. Correct. Yeah, I think that's a big deal. Good point. It's kind of what you were saying, Jim. Like it's a game within the game and a lot of a head game, you know, it's, it's matchups. It's all sorts of stuff to go into it. So like, yeah, if we signed Stewart for five million dollars over five years, I understand people freaking out. This is nothing. It's just another piece of the cog. We can our coach, who I think we all have liked how he's been handling the team so far. Out of a possible six points, the team has five. Yes, it's early, but still, this is a team that notoriously starts the season poorly. And if he wants to start him and see how it goes, and maybe he's got a reason for it, and it's probably not an every game thing, as we were saying, then why not? You know, like see what happens. You know, it's I, I don't. It's not. There's things worth fighting. Hills worth dying on. This is just not one of them. Hundred <laughs> percent agree. <clears throat> All right. So having said that, uh, the Flyers have a game tonight. Uh, I kind of wanted to wait to talk about it a little bit, so uh, we can touch on the last couple of games. I can't remember. Fill me up. Fill me in, man. Like I saw, I saw the Blackhawks game. Obviously, nice game. All I saw was the score because I was in St. Lucia of the Devils game. Love that, by the way. And then I saw we lost in a shootout. So, what really happened with the Devils and Canucks? And you fellas, fill me in. Kyle, you want to take the Devs? Go ahead. I'll take the Devs. They absolutely just outplayed them the entire game. They smoked the Devils, huh? Well. They got a, They were a little slow out of the gates. Can't blame them. There was a lot of traveling involved there. A little slow out of the gates with the Devils. Uh, but even though they started a little slow and didn't exactly have their skating legs under them, they were never out of position and never gave up anything big in the first period. So it wasn't like the Flyers of years past where we're going to start slow and we have absolutely no fucking system so we don't know where we are. And the other team scores four times in the first period. It was, okay, we're going to start a little slow, but our systems are going to bail us out here. Damn, well, that's good. Sounds like a well-coached team. And uh, Hart of Hearts, first career shutout. How did he look? Did he have any real tests? 
Yes, one monster. I mean, he played solid positionally the entire game, but there was literally, I mean, it's hard to say this because it sucks that it happened so early in the year because it's going to get forgotten already, but a potential save of the year candidate right off the bat, second game of the season. It was on a 5-on-3, too. They had uh, they had Coots in the box for a delay game, and maybe 10, 12, 10, 12 seconds later... Uh, Hayes with a hand pass off the faceoff. So their top two penalty killers, Hayes and Couturier, in the box for almost a full minute five on three, and Carter Hart bails him out. I think at least twice. One with that monster save. You got to see that save, Jack. Maybe could be the save of the year. It was against Taylor Hall? Uh, I forget yep. who, who shot it. Was yep. it Taylor All Hall? I typed in to YouTube was Carter Hart save, and it comes up. Carter Hart with insane robbery of Taylor Hall it was posted five days ago. Oh, yeah. That's it. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> Taylor Hall, who's uh, gonna be looking for a new home soon. I yeah, that, I don't know what's going on the devil, there, man. New Jersey. Uh, Jack Hughes, six games played, zero goals, zero assists, zero points, negative three, I believe, plus minus. Like, yep. uh, what's going on? Uh, how was Simmons? Uh, he was all right. Just Simmons played I- like Simmons played exactly like you expected Simmons to play. Okay. He ran around. He bumped everything that moved or touched the puck exactly how you expected Simmons. But he played within his game. He played a respectable game. Hey, look, Well, that's to take a division rival like that, who most of people have been saying that they're going to finish higher than we are, and we're right up against the cap, and they're like still building. Uh, that's really good to see, honestly. And the fact that they're 0 6, <laughs> that's great, too. They are not playing good hockey. Yeah, they stink, man. They're yeah. gonna. They might go zero and eighty-two. I don't know. Well, the opposite of what the Flyers are gonna do. My eighty-one zero and one, baby. <laughs> if Stewart was in the lineup, they'd be three and zero. Yeah, they're special. Uh-huh. 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 All right, well, take me to Vancouver. How'd that game go? Uh, so Vancouver kind of had like a weird feel because even before the game, all they were talking about was the fucking travel. And the time change, how they they went from playing at whatever o'clock in in Prague to, you know, seven o'clock Eastern Standard Time here, and whatever the hell time it was out there. So a lot of traveling, a lot of time changes, and they were kind of it was almost like they were kind of setting the scene for what was going to happen for that night, you know. Um, so they they came out. I think they got scored on first within the first five minutes. Brock Besser with with a with a grittyish kind of goal there. Uh, you know, they hung around. I think they tied the game at one, and, and I think that was Twarinski. And maybe a minute later, Vancouver came back and got it back. So it was 2-1 to one heading into the third. I think the Flyers got a late one in the third period to tie it up. The whole game was, was you know, a slow game. It was I feel like it was played mostly at center ice, not a lot of shots on goal on both ends, until the third period when, you know, the Flyers kind of took over. They tied it at two. Markstrom... Uh, saved the, the, the Canucks for most of the game. Flyers should have won in regulation, I think, because they dominated that third period. Um, they just they just couldn't solve Markstrom for the third. Uh, went to overtime, you know, pretty standard overtime, and then shootout. Uh, you know, I, what I thought was, and maybe I'm biased, but a poor, a poor attempt by Voracek for the first miss. Giroux came in and, and shot on Markstrom, which is apparently what you're supposed to do on a tall goalie, a big goalie. Uh, and then Hayes, I thought, had a you know a questionable attempt as well as he tried to make a move and wait Markstrom out. Uh, they ended up losing two to one in the shootout. So 
you know, 2 and one still a great start. I think the effort was there, but I think you could visibly see that the team was still kind of getting used to, you know, whatever was happening uh, with the time change and all that, all that stuff. Because that stuff's real. As much as you want to say these guys are, you know, they're paid athletes and they should be machines, they're still human beings. And, you know, you, you could, at least to me, it looked like you could see they were a little bit slow. That's a lot of what I read. Um, well, two questions. One from these previous, uh, yeah, these previous two games, was there besides Carter Hart? Cause I just saw that save and it looked fucking ridiculous. Um, but is there anybody who stood out to you in a positive light? Okay. Kyle, you got, uh, Travis Konechny. I had a feeling you were going to say that. I swear if I was going to pick one player. It's, oh my God, has this kid fucking showed up to play this year and I'm loving every second of it. He's exciting, man. Like I just started playing NHL, and I'm like, I like force my force the puck to connect me just because of what he's shown me this year so far, and what I've been seeing. I'm like, hey, he scored again. He had two goals in the opener, and he had a, I don't know who he scored against, but it showed, so, thought I saw he had another goal. Uh, how's the defense been holding up? Dude, the defense is the okay. Defense is playing. I'll tell you what. A lot of it goes with systems. I've been preaching this the whole preseason. And I'm, I'm going to keep preaching it for the rest of the season. So, everybody, just prepare yourself now. Uh, the fucking Flyers defense needed somewhere to go with it so bad. And the forwards got so lost under a coach that had no idea what he was doing. Had no defensive zone system whatsoever under Dave Hackstall. And finally, they, 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 you're starting to see a little bit of chemistry build. I mean, Jackie's boy, Justin Braun's playing great with Provorov. And <laughs> he's kind of with Provorov? They have him with Provorov because they play that. They compliment. Jackie, wait until, are you going to stay up and watch the game tonight, Jackie? I'm home. I got it on TV. I will be watching. All right. You watch Pro, uh, Braun's game. Does nothing but compliment Provorov's. That's good news. I mean, it allows it allows Provorov to skate, which, if you guys remember, when he first came up, he skated his ass off. He grabbed that puck and he'd skate it out of the zone himself if he could. And that's where figure. I saw he had a goal against the Devils as well. Provorov. He Um, did. It was. Shot. Maybe that's more of his game, not to be the responsible guy, to be the freewheeling guy. Well, that'd be great. If if Braun playing with Provorov can elevate Provorov to the elite defenseman we all know he can be, then that's at least worth a second and a fourth. I don't know about a second and a third, but it's at third. least a second and a third. It's worth a third. Just give it's it up, a, Jack. Uh, <laughs> I, can't go that, I can't go that far yet, but we're getting there. You know who else has looked uh, pretty good? He, he, and, uh, and here's where I think you know, we were preaching in the uh, talking about in the off season that you know these veteran guys were going to complement the style of play of some of these younger guys. Um, you know, as we saw last season, the duo of Provorov and, and Gossespierre didn't work out the way we remembered it from the season before, at least. Whereas, you know, they both have an offensive side, offensive game to them, uh, more so Ghost than, uh, than Provorov. Um, but what I'm seeing now is, you know, Provorov is allowed to maybe be more of himself, which I think is really important. It allows him 
it's it's putting him in better situations. He's able to play his game more playing with a guy like Braun or, or a guy like Niskanen. Um, and I think we're starting to see the player that he can be, that he couldn't be last year because he had to be somebody different than who he actually is. Um, a couple times this year I've seen Niskanen kind of bail out. I'm pretty sure it's been Provorov. Uh, on an odd man rush, and he's done it successfully. Because um, some, I mean, if you have an offensive guy, you are going to need the other guy to bail him out sometimes. And and Niskanen's been doing that. You know, uh, you know, we've been used to seeing uh, an odd man rush go the other way, and a guy like Andy McDonald, you know, lay down and start doing snow angels. Matt Niskanen's actually breaking up two on ones. He's breaking up odd man rushes. Um, so I, I'm I'm okay with the defense right now. I'm not gonna sit here and say, you know, I'm ecstatic because, you know, they, they played a team like New Jersey. They, they shut them out. You know, they beat a bad team like they should have. Uh, but they go up to Canada. Uh, they play a team like Vancouver is 2-2. Two and two. Uh, I believe they were shut out by the Flames, who the Flyers played tonight. And, you know, the, the Flyers lost in, in a shootout to them, a team that I felt they should have beat. Uh, they only gave up two goals. Uh, so I'm not... I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm extremely happy with the defense, but I'm absolutely not disappointed. Uh, I'm okay with it. I, I want to see more is, is, I guess, what I'm saying. It's only been three games, uh, so let's see. I, it's I, the I-N on the end of more. I'm sorry. Oh, ha, 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 more, and that was a good one, Kyle. And I'm fine. <laughs> that was a good I've one, Shia. Yes, I've heard, I've seen Hags been still has been getting shit. Has he been playing poorly, or is it just nah, no? Hags has been playing fucking solid hockey, which is a just a extreme hate. disappointment to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's yeah no, I still read it on Twitter. Like he's just the whipping boy. Like if anything goes wrong, it's it's, it's like it's his fault. Killed, they blame Hag, you know. And you know what? Well, in their defense. When they blame McDonald, it was usually McDonald's fault. Hundred percent, hundred percent agree. <laughs> but like, like the mistakes McDonald would make, they could be on Action News. Like it was so obvious. Like, but Hag, I don't really remember him making those kind of mistakes. So they just need somebody to blame. Is that what that chat is all about? Yeah, I guess so. And, okay. And if that's you know, if if the listeners out there. If, you know, if that's what you're, you're looking for here, I mean, we're going to be as real and as honest with you guys as possible. We're not just going to rag on somebody because everybody else is. Or, you know, we're, we're not going to suck some guy off just because everybody else likes Shane Goss' bear. We're going we're gonna to try to be as real as possible with you guys and give, give you our real thoughts. Um, and speaking of that, you know, we talked about guys on hot streaks. Let's kind of touch on guys, you know, who are not necessarily going unnoticed for positive things, but... Are, are getting paid to produce goals and, and score on offense. And so far, you know, have, have underwhelmed. The Flyers have 10 goals through three games, and the following players I'm going to name have uh, all contributed to uh, one point. Not, not a goal, one point. And those three players are uh, Claude Giroux, Jake Voracek, and James, James Van Reemsdyke. So... Kyle, you said you, you saw the lineup for tonight. There's already been a lineup change. Uh, JVR has been moved to the first line with Giroux and Kevin Hayes. Correct. Okay. So, I mean, you want to talk about that line for a little bit? I think it's a little bit of 
A, the coach is disappointed with Jake Voracek. Mm-hmm. And B, I think he's trying to get a sniper on the first line like I discussed last week. Was that one of your keys? Uh, well, it was not one of my keys. One of my keys was to get the first line going. All uh, right. And by the way, you were on fire. Yeah. You're, you're... Yeah, my keys were pretty good last week. I'm not going to lie. Kevin, <laughs> Kevin Hayes scored. He was on the first line. Uh, yeah, but he scored a power play goal. First line power play goal. <laughs> I'm trying to help you out over here. Um... No, 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 absolutely. No, the first <laughs> line didn't play bad against the Devils, and that's what my keys were for. Uh, yeah. Um, so you mentioned Voracek got moved down. You, uh, you know, JVR is playing on that top line. You know, I think I've said it a bunch of times, uh, and I'm sure you guys have too. I think a guy like JVR, he needs to play with somebody like Giroux who can create offense and, you know, take away defense so that he can get around the net and, and make a move and, and score a goal. Because JVR is pretty good around the net, I think, behind the net. Um, you know, he can, he, can, he, can, he can work down low, but he needs to be playing with somebody who can create. And if he's playing with, you know, Coots and, uh, I mean, he wasn't even playing with Coots and Connect. He was down in the third line playing with Lawton and Torinsky. I mean, JVR is just wasting away down there. Um, whereas playing with a guy like Giroux, Giroux's going to put up his points no matter what, right? Uh, you know, Kevin Hayes looks okay on offense, um, but I, I really believe JVR needs to play with Giroux. It's the only way he's going to score points on this team. Uh, the, the other guy we were talking about was uh, Jake Voracek, who was demoted to the third line. He's going to be playing with Pitlick uh, and Lawton tonight, you said, right? Yeah, so they demoted Torinsky, which I'm not a fan of, but I think it may just have to do with Torinsky doesn't play the left side and Voracek doesn't play the left side. Okay. So something's got to go, and you're not going to stick Voracek on your fourth line. And do you, What do you guys think, Jack? Do you think this is going to do anything for Voracek playing on a third line? I mean, the being with the players he's playing with and the competition he's playing against. No, I think it's in. I think it's a. It's almost like the player. It's himself needs a culture change. Like he needs to change. I, I think he has all the talent in the world, but it's been so lackadaisical under Hackstall and Hextall era that these guys could play piss poor because they're already paid and you know be fine and i think it needed this this jolt to his system to get him going so i think i don't i have my doubts though because i haven't seen it from Voracek. then yo says he's fighting a bit like that's literally what he said but i do you believe that like i mean i didn't see anything like that in the he poor, he pressed against chicago but he was playing in his hometown which is something he doesn't get to do you know, and as far as the other two games, it sounds like he hasn't done. He's been typical Voracek. He was typical Voracek in preseason. So it's hard to believe that you can teach an old, you know, an old dog new tricks. The only thing that I think could help is that he used to be pretty good, so it's still there, and it wasn't all based on speed that he lost or anything like that. Maybe, maybe it'll help him simplify his game. Maybe going against that easier competitions theoretically will help him get back to how he plays the game because this is also an embarrassing thing you know it wasn't just for that game like we were led to believe now he's starting down there which is a first i mean he used to be our top line guy he got moved to the second line now he's getting moved to the third line or for however you want to say whatever you know 
it should be a wake-up call for a player who cares. And our thing is, does he care? You know, I don't know. So this will be telling. I'll be watching Jake tonight and seeing if he's if he's pressing, that means he cares. If he's gripping his stick too tight but he's not successful, he cares. He's trying. If he's just skating around out there, that's not good. So I, I'll give it 50-50 at this point, honestly. He could go either way. What do you think, Kyle? I'm not even sure, man, because this guy has all the fucking talent in the world. He could literally make Lawton and Picklick look like fucking superstars if he felt like it. But he just doesn't show me that extra little bit that I need to see from my superstars. Like, I need him to play hard. I need him not to turn over the puck. And obviously, so does the coach, because you don't get demoted to the third line for playing good hockey. That's for damn sure. <laughs> no, you do not. Exactly. So That's just it. It sounds like he, you, Kyle's worried too. Like, I want to see him try. Like, he doesn't care. Like, we've argued with that. He's got that millennial, even though we, I don't know if he is or not, but like that attitude. Like, oh, you know, let me be me. You know, whatever. I don't give a shit. I blame the fans kind of crap. And we got a real coach in here who has actual success, something that Voracek has never had. I mean, unless you call making it to the first round of the playoffs success. I mean, really, like, who is he compared to Vigneault? And Vigneault's putting his foot down, and he's doing it early. He's not letting this shit go until December or January before he does something. This is going to be game – he did it in game three, and now he's starting him there in game four. He, homie don't play, and I like that. You know, we, don't, we haven't had enough of that for years. And I just hope he responds well because a lot of players – they like the friendly coaches. Some are better with the hard-nosed coaches. I don't know what Voracek is like, really. We only had a year and a half or pretty much two years of Barubi, and he was so new to the job. You know, uh, He was a little young for Laviolette, and Hacksaw was the biggest goofball pushover there has ever been. So, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I hope so because he's making a hell of a lot of money and he ain't moving that contract. But if he does turn it around – Seem could be dangerous, and that's why it's so it's it's super important, especially with Patrick being on the shelf for God knows how long. Yeah, and that's you know what if Nolan Patrick can come back, I'd be perfectly fine with Voracek on that third line. I think that'd be a one of the better third lines in the league, no matter who's on the other side. Uh, so Jake Voracek. Uh, so tonight's going to kind of be a test of you know. Do you want to be here? You know, you have to prove it. Do you want to be on this team? Because this team, this team's going to go places, I think. You know, they're not going to be a one and done in the playoffs. They're going to be a playoff team for, for years to come. You know, hopefully Stanley, Stanley Cup contender. I mean, he's playing for a coach has been, that's been to the Stanley Cup twice. He's won President's Trophies multiple times. He's won divisions year in and year out. And here's Jake Voracek. You know, hasn't, has he won a playoff round? I, he, they may have won one in 2012, but yeah. I don't. They had Yager back then. Yeah, you know, they, they, they're much the team. They had Briere. They had other leaders on the team. He has not won in the first round since he became the Voracek that we know. You know, the guy with the A, the guy with the money. Since it's become him, and it's really been Jerusalem, But you would say he's the number two. They have made it to the first round three times. The closest they came was Game Seven against the Rangers. The other two times against Washington and Pittsburgh were total embarrassments. Yeah, so like Voracek, I feel like he does have the heart, 
and he does have, you know, I think he's a hungry player, but he just seems to me like his head's in the wrong place. Like he's not focused on the whole, you know, team building, team winning thing. It's kind of just, I feel like he's just, just angry, like at everybody, like maybe at the, at, at the fans, maybe he needs to change the scenery. I don't know, but you know, what, what I was trying to say is like this coach is coming in and Jake Voracek's walking around with his chest out. You know, I'm the assistant captain. I've been here for however long, you know, I scored 81 points 20 fucking years ago. It seems like now, like Elaine Vigneault saying, who the fuck are you? You know, this is my team now. I'm the coach of this team. I've won this. I've won that. I've done this. I've done that. You haven't done shit. You finished, what, second or third in a scoring race with 80, 81 points four or five years ago? Give me a fucking break. You won maybe one playoff round. Your team hasn't done shit. Missed playoffs two out of the last four years. You know, you don't come back, play defense. Now, I mentioned, I can't remember if it was the last show or this, the show before. You know, we we watched that preseason game, Kyle. Uh, you know, and, and he does the behind-the-back, no-look pass across his own goal in his own zone. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like, that's the, it's the same shit from Voracek. And I haven't seen him do that kind of stuff yet, but... It's apparent that Elaine Vigneault is seeing things that he doesn't like out of Jake. You know, I think he played. Uh, he, I barely saw him play that third period. Maybe he had two shifts. I didn't hear his name the entire game until the shootout. Um, he's averaging the fourth least total time on ice out of anybody on the roster right now. The, t- the players that are under him all play on the fourth line, uh, and the other ones, Carson Twarinski, who has more goals than. Jake Voracek so far this year with one. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Jake, Jake's got to play better. And I think playing on the third line should take some, if it is pressure that he feels, and, you know, maybe he should feel it because he's getting paid the money to score goals and stuff. Maybe it'll take some of that pressure off of scoring and just going out and working hard. Just going out and doing the basics. Just going out and doing the little things out there on the third line. Work as hard as Ty, uh, Tyler Pitlick works. Work as hard as Scott Lawton works. And and you'll find your way back up to those top lines. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And when you brought up about his 81 points, I remember that was a contract year for Jake. It's not exactly like he was averaging anywhere near that uh, when he got paid. And, yeah, he kept his numbers up. and. Say what you will, whether he's a compiler or not, because we, we discussed two weeks ago, apparently some <laughs> of his assists are primary, but blah, 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 blah. It's a lot more than points. Obviously, if he was that important, the team would be much better than it has been. And he's, you know, I made that comment earlier about, hey, uh, it seems like guys, uh, especially on Twitter, so take it what you will, are making hag whipping boy. But let's not be real. Let's be real here. Jake has been a whipping boy much much more and a lot lately and it's because the contract and what he brings to this team and yeah i think we're all in agreement that we we still see the same jake and if anybody's going to turn him around or fix him it's going to be a coach like Vigneault and what he's doing and the good news is see that Vigneault's doing his part he's shaking shit up it has a complacency that we've had for so long has done jack shit for this team 
So I'm glad to see that. Now it's time for Jake to respond, and we'll see the kind of player that he is. Because the only change of scenery Jake's getting is either a different line or the press box because he ain't that contract just isn't getting moved. So I, I really hope it does something. But that's the thing too, Jack. Kyle, did you have anything you wanted to say there, Kyle? No, like I said, uh, just a little bit to my point from last week is the first line was desperate for a sniper on that line. With Hayes and Drew, Drew's obviously a playmaker. Hayes is obviously a play driver. Um, The the one thing they were missing on that line was a sniper, and I wasn't sure where it was going to come from, but apparently JVR can play the right side. That's where he's going to be playing tonight. So we'll see if that line gets going. Is JVR a left-handed shot? It's kind of I believe so. on the spot. Uh, yeah, I thought so. I'm not sure. I always kind of like that. You know, the guy you know with a left-handed shot playing on his off wing, playing on the right wing, or a guy with the right-handed shot playing out on the left wing. Uh, I always kind of like that. So I, I'm kind of intrigued to see how that works out tonight. Because I, I love JVR playing with Giroux. JVR is not used to playing on the right wing. It should be interesting to see how that works out. Yeah. You know, I would. Uh, I was looking at some of the line combinations, and maybe they're trying. Yeah, he shoots left. Uh, I guess maybe they're trying to get him going too, because um, I would have liked to see Konechny up there with uh, Giroux and Hayes, because Giroux and Hayes. Yeah, but you can't. You can't split up that second line. Well, right yeah, now. that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> They're too good. I'm looking at it. I'm like, that should be your first. I don't know why this thing I'm looking at here has them listed as the second line. That should be your first line. It probably is, I guess. Who the hell knows? But uh, According to minutes, they are. Okay. There you go. But, yeah, I guess they had to do something with JVR, too. So maybe it's like a two-for-one. It's more so about Vorchak, but you want to get – you said his points were down. You want to get him going, too. I, I, I still – yeah, that line is good, but – a fast sniper would be better suited for them because it's this line outside of JVR. I say Drew and Hayes has puck control written all over them. And that's great for a sniper. So speed or speed is sir be better, but Hey, maybe it gets JV. Uh, yeah. Maybe it gets JVR going too. Like you were saying, you know, something that was kind of overlooked. Cause it's all been about Vorchek and getting his head out of his ass. So, Hey, who knows? Maybe it's a two for one. And it might take more than one game for him to get his head out of his ass. It's really far up there. I think. Oh yeah, <laughs> they might need a lot more than this. What's but that, hey. Jackie? What was that? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! All right, so we could stop. Yeah, I don't. Are we ragging on Voracek? Do you think? A little are, bit, are but we, I don't think 8.25 fucking million. Get your head out of your ass. And it's not like this has been two seasons. Like he signed, he had a great season, and he signed that deal. And it's been slowly downhill from there. I give him two years after he signed the deal, he was, you know, he was trending downwards, but he was still pretty solid. And and like the last two or three seasons, based on my math, he's been really a problem. Like he, people like to defend, oh, how are you going to replace those points? It's, it's a, he doesn't get back on defense. He makes a lot of stupid mistakes. As I said before, like he's quick to do that turn back, spin around, back, throw it out of desperation because people are closing in on him, which leads to breakaways. And as I said before, he's now he's starting to do it where he's got his head up and he's looking. Now that's just – at least I can understand if you randomly throw it behind you, it could get picked off because you're blindly passing it. Now he's doing it. It's not even blind. It's like, well, what's the problem now? 
And if if he just gave more of a shit, I think people would not be so hard on him. But you, you got the contract, you got the years of service, you got the A on his chest, and you got the, the how much he tr- quote unquote tries. And I think that's where it comes from. It's like if this team's gonna actually do something, we need more from you, man. We're not not numbers on a page. You know what, Jake? No, we need more. After, we need the full package. After listening to everything you just said right there, you know what it is with Jake. He, he's too comfortable. And, you know, playing for a guy like Hackstall with no NHL experience the last four years, like a guy like Dave Hackstall walks in and you have an ego like Jake Voracek, are you going to listen to anything he says? Are you going to take anything he says really seriously? You're going to walk all over him, right? And that's what it's been for the last four years. So Elaine Vigneault comes in and he's like, dude, you're going to play like that? You're going to play on my third line, right? You know, I, I don't care who you are. You know, we already went over. You haven't done nothing, and and this is something that Hackstall couldn't do because you know you 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 know I'm not sticking up for Hackstall, but he wasn't given a roster number one, and and Voracek was one of his better players. You know, the Flyers are a little bit deeper this year. They, you know, they signed a guy like Hayes and kind of shuffled the roster around a bit. Um, you know, real quick, if if people want to complain now about Joel Farabee, you know, not being on the roster and somebody taking his spot. You know, right now, Jake Voracek, who has no points through three games, making $8 million a year, signed for the next however many years, right now is sitting in Joel Farabee's spot and and not really playing AV system really well. You know, everyone's saying Farabee's the perfect fit. And I got to say, from the looks of it, I got to agree. He's lighting up the AHL right now. He scored an amazing goal uh, last week. Um, he looked solid in preseason. He, he works. He's hungry on both ends of the ice. And then you got a lazy fuck. He's, you know, he's sitting there in the third, the third line spot like Jake Voracek. You know, complain about Voracek taking Farabee's spot. You know, get Chris Stewart's a fourth line guy. Jump off his nuts. You know, he's going to play t- tops 10 minutes a night. He's going to fight somebody. Five of those minutes are going to be in the box. So, I mean, if you want to rag on somebody, rag on Jake Voracek for not living up to that contract. Being too comfortable and, and really taking advantage of a lot of people. Yeah, that's I mean, a really hey, good point. Just, yeah. Go ahead, Kyle. Just throwing this out here. Um, Bunneman scratched. So let's say in a week, and this is just a prediction. Let's say Voracek does get a fire lit under his ass on that third line. That left wing where Pitlick's sitting right now looks awfully good for Farabee. And then if Patrick comes back, you have a Farabee, Patrick, Voracek third line. Best third line in the league. Best third line in the league. I mean, I would love to see that, yeah, especially against that competition. It could happen. You got Bonneman on a two-way contract and go down with nothing. There's not another third line in the league that can compete with that. And a lot of second lines in the league would have trouble competing with that line. I think, you know. Oh, absolutely. You could argue that you have a a 1B and a 1A for a first line, you you know, your top two lines. And then, you know, you have that third line as possibly a potential second line on a lot of teams. The Flyers are deep. You know, if they can get Patrick back, man, this team can make some noise. You know, I put out some tweets, and they weren't meant to be negative tweets. You could have took them however you wanted to take them. Uh, but to some of your guys' points, they are beating the teams they were supposed to beat. You know, they got a point the other night. They never stopped playing hockey. They battled the entire game. 
there's a lot to be excited about with this team from top to bottom. We haven't even really touched on Carter Hart yet. Yeah, I mean, he's the we had said like with all everything they were doing this offseason, the additions they were making, the plan that they were formulating, or Fletcher was at least, it's all going to come down to Carter Hart. And after talking to Bill Meltzer and how he explained that the number one thing Fletcher wanted to do was get the goals against down because it's ridiculous, it's still going to, yeah, system's big and the players they brought in were big, but it's still going to come down to Carter Hart. And we've been talking, I mean, a lot of people have been talking about Carter Hart for years and just maybe he could be the real deal. I mean, we won't see him tonight, unfortunately, but yeah, he's part of the reason why this team has five out of out of six points and not two or three like in previous years. Um, but like we, you guys were talking about Voracek, just to finish up on him, and you were talking about other him holding spots that other players should have. You know, when Chris say what you will about Chris Stewart, but when he got these, you saw how happy he was when he got the contract. Like you know, you can just tell like he may not have it anymore. But he's gonna play his ass off for you every time he's on that ice. He's gonna work his ass off, and you see that with other young guys trying to make the team. That's why they have points, you know. And you don't see that. With, I mean, Giroux still plays like that. Like maybe not crazy, but he still plays like that. That's that's why he's the captain. He may not be as vocal, but he leads by example. You don't see that with Voracek, and that's part of the problem. Whether he can start playing like that again, because and. It, We'll find out if he's all about the money or if he's all about playing hockey. So, see if it lights a fire under his ass. No doubt. So, you know, we're, we're touching on the game tonight a little bit and talking about uh, Voracek. Um, real quick announcement, guys. We were supposed to have Alex McIntyre on tonight. She ran into some uh, issues, so we're going to have to reschedule. Um, Alex, if you're, listening, if you're listening, don't worry about it. We love you. We'll talk soon. Um, so, yeah, back to tonight's game. Uh, we want to see positive steps from Voracek. Uh, Brian Elliott is starting tonight in goal, uh, who, you know, when I hear that, I kind of get the chills a little bit, like, and not the good chills. It's kind of like the, uh, you know, shit. Like, anything can happen, I feel like, with Brian Elliott in that. You know, we saw in the yeah. preseason, you guys saw the clip of Elaine Vigneault, uh, obviously disappointed with some of the goals that Elliott letting in. How do you guys feel? Are you confident against the Flames? I mean, what are your what are your thoughts, Jack? I know you haven't really seen the last game or two, so I'll ask Kyle first. Um, you're gonna ruin Kyle's keys, man. No, I gotta no. keep my mouth shut. <laughs> we, could, we could do them now. We only got uh, ten minutes left. All right, let's let's hit right on them Kyle's keys to tonight's game. First and foremost, you got to start fast against Calgary. They are a very, very, very quick team, especially their top two lines. You cannot allow them to skate circles around you in the first 10 to 20 minutes. you got to show up for the first period, especially to have a chance in this game. My second key to tonight would be containing the top two lines. Johnny Goudreau is absolutely on fire right now. He's got three goals and four assists for seven points in six games. He's there. He's ready to go. He's there, Travis Konechny. He just showed up to play the season. <laughs> Monahan and Lindholm round out that first line. It, both dangerous, dynamic players. you got to be able to shut them down. The second line, I'm not too, too worried about, except that left wing, that Matthew Kachuk. Got to deal with him. My third and final key for tonight's game is 
stick with the PK and the power play. You, when you get a power play tonight, you need to capitalize on it because five on five is going to be difficult against this team. So the power play has to be dominant tonight. The PK, you cannot run into too many penalty kills tonight. I can't stress that enough. You have to be disciplined. And if you get on the PK, we need to continue this hot streak with this PK. We got to keep killing these penalties, especially against the dynamic power play that Calgary has. Yeah, that's a good point there because I'm thinking back and, you know, Vancouver has some guys that can put the puck in the net and Patterson and, and Besser, uh, Bo Horvat, those guys come to mind. Uh, the New Jersey game, you know, I'm thinking back when they killed off the five on three and I think they may have had another penalty. Um, you know, not really an, you know, offenses that are really going to scare you the way Calgary's does in, in guys like uh, Goudreau and, and Monaghan and, uh, you know, Lindholm. <clears throat> Lindholm, and they have defenders like, like Giordano. He won the Norris last year, for God's sakes. I mean, this team can put the puck in the uh, in the net. If you make a mistake, they're going to make you pay for it. So I, I think you're right there. I mean, the Flyers, first and foremost, have to stay out of the box. And then... uh you know, if they are killing off a penalty, then it's going to be it's going to be a big thing. I mean, they really got to kill penalties tonight, and I think they have the guys to do it. Um, you know, you mentioned the top lines, same thing. I mean, it's just, it's those are there's scary players to play against, but I think the Flyers can contain them. What do you think, Jack? Uh, I mean, this top line is dangerous. I mean, they're speedy. And that's tough. I, I don't know how we're going to be able to keep up with some of their speed. Uh, it's going to come down to systems. And I think that they I – I really would like if Carter Hart was in this game. Sure. But uh, it's, it's going to come down to systems. And if they can just use that and not do anything – not do too much, get themselves out of position, uh, I think they can handle – I think they could keep. You know, I'm not saying they could shut them out, but I think they'll, they can handle them. Uh, that top line is really dangerous. I think they're they're so good, and I think they're underrated at that. Um, excuse me. A second line, Kyle pointed out. It's that's the Chuck line. It really is. He's he's the man. The other two players, Backlund and Froelich, they have offensive talent. They're more than capable, but it is the Kachuk line. They will get him the puck though. But the the next two lines after that kind of fall off. But their defense, they got the first two pairings anyway. You know, Giordano and Brody, they're just so good together. Giordano with the Norris Trophy. They're going to – those guys with their, any of the top two lines, it's going to be really tough. It's going to be dangerous. Uh, the next pairing, though, Hannafin's, Hannafin's really good. I like Hannafin. Hamannick is very solid. Uh, I think they thought he'd be better, but he's still more than capable. But, yeah, that damn first power play unit is is tough. Monaghan, Kachuk, Gaudreau. Lindholm, Giordano, holy shit! Like, I mean, that is a, that's a, it's almost that's almost up there with. Well, I'm being a little dramatic when I say Tampa, but listen, you got a Norris Trophy winner on there. You got one of the best goal scorers in the game. Kachuk is a very, he's a like going to be a superstar. Like, he's rising fast. Uh, and then you throw in two other first line talents. Like, I really hope they don't take any penalties. Don't do too much this game. Keep it simple. And they got to get on these goalies quick. And I don't want them taking bullshit shots. I don't want them these easy, easy save shots where whether it's Talbot or Richie or whatever the hell the other guy's name is, where they can like, because I don't think either one are that good yet. Well, Talbot's done. The other guy, I don't really know a whole lot about him. I know he's still kind of younger and new. 
Um, I don't want these guys getting confidence by making these bullshit saves because they're forcing bad shots. They need to take high quality shots and they need to, they need to be smart and they need to jump on them quick. They can't be trying to come back against this team late because if they make any mistakes, these fast guys, particularly that first line are going to make them pay and they might even put them in a hole where they can't get out of. So they're going to, they're going to be skating tonight. So I hope they're not too jet lagged. Um, but and then they come. Then you got Brian Elliott in that, and just as I start feeling positive, I get like, Ugh. Mm. well, the good news is if Elliott gets hurt, Carter Hart's coming in, so that's good. That's good news. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I'm wondering. I'm almost wondering, like, you know, I know Edmonton's off to a hot start. I think they're undefeated or at least five and one, something like that. Uh, scoring a lot of goals too. Are they scoring a lot of goals? So I think. Neil's got like eight of them already. They're yeah. they're actually they're actually two, three, and one, but they they have a lot of goals. The, the Flames are. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So I'm wondering if Elliot's playing tonight. You think didn't he used to play for the Flames for a little bit or no? Yeah, one season. You think any any of that has anything to do with it, or it's more matchup based? I would assume it's, it's more matchup based, or. Um, Maybe he just wants to get Elliott in the game, and he's choosing against his old team maybe because of the light of, no pun intended, fire under his ass. Because uh, I don't know why you wouldn't just start him against Edmonton. That's another team on a hot start, though. So who really knows? Um, I, I don't like really he's th- going for both, like going for both wins here. Like he's yeah. not going to try to, you know, let's win one, maybe, and if we can get a point out of the other one kind of deal. I get, maybe he's thinking Elliott's old team might give him a little oomph first game of the season, but – there's not Matt. I don't. I was thought I was going to say matchup. I don't really see a matchup. Hart's just so much better. It just doesn't matter. Yeah. But um, yeah. So we'll uh, yeah. Gaudreau's got three goals already. Four assists for seven points. Seven points in six games. Kachuk's got six points in six games. Monahan's got two goals, two assists. They play more games than us by far. Lindholm's got three goals. Hannafin's got two goals. Like this team can score, man. Which make, that's why I was trying to think matchups. I'm like, no, I don't want Elliot in this game. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think I, would, I would rather have Elliot in uh, Edmonton, and you just shut down McDavid and Dreisaitl. But uh, I don't know. I guess they're going with it's his old team. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, we're about. I think hour. I think they're going. I think they're going with Elliot because of the ridiculous chances that Edmonton could possibly get. I mean, I'd much rather have Hart in the Edmonton game. Yeah. Honestly, I think I think it's McDavid and Neil are just been ridiculous so far. It's it's unbelievable. But I I'd prefer Hart in the Edmonton game and Elliot in this one because I think that they have a better chance of containing Calgary than containing the top line of Edmonton, in my personal opinion. Yeah, James Deal has fucking eight goals. I did not know that. He had four in one game. Yeah, no. Six games, eight goals, no assists. Yeah, maybe that's why. Yeah. You got to remember, I haven't been here. Five. The Oilers are 5-1. and one. Okay, that's where that came from. They're, uh... Jesus, it's that. It's that. Dry has got four goals, eight assists. What do they got? All these three guys on the top line, or, or what's going power on? Power play, dude. Power play. Um, 
McDavid's got 12 points in six games. He's averaging two points a game. That's ridiculous. Four goals, eight assists. Even Zach Cassian's got three goals. But the rest of the team's pretty barren. But, yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe because there's – Jesus, boy, did that trade work out for Edmonton so far anyway. Uh, well, I, call, I called that before it happened. I didn't think you'd have eight goals James, in six games. <laughs> like, Jesus like, they're going to stick freaking James Neal with Connor McDavid. Like, he's going to explode. Let me see who they played because that's those stats are unreal. I mean, I'm not losing right now. Yeah, I don't know. That's I think we saw that. I just didn't think it'd be coming at this pace. Shit. Let's see who they start with. I don't know what's preseason and what's not, but yeah, they're they're averaging like four to five goals a game. Jesus. Well. Yeah, I think Kyle, uh, he was right. I, I would much rather have Hart, especially because the team's still hot right now at Edmonton. So, uh, yeah, you throw, you roll Elliott out against Calgary. It's definitely, definitely makes sense. Yeah, so we got Elliott tonight. Carter Hart tomorrow, right? Back-to-back? Yeah. Uh, you guys want to do predictions for tonight? Or do you want to not no. do predictions? Is that, like, jinxy or what? Oh, I, it's pretty jinxy. We take we've been doing predictions ever since we started podcast, and that goes back to the end of what the 2017-18 season, yeah. and they've been two terrible seasons. So <laughs> we want to stop that. Then. Just, <laughs> am I allowed three, to say win? <laughs> yeah, okay, we could do win loss. Go ahead. Two W's. Oh, we're going all three around the board. They win tonight. You were asking me. Yeah, whoever, <laughs> whoever feels, whoever feels, you know, compelled. I think they, I think they, if if Elliot can show up and play a good game, they win tonight. If yeah. Elliot doesn't show up, they lose. Honestly, is that one of your keys, Kyle? No, it's not. I mean, it's a fourth key. It's a secret key because that it's true. <laughs> I, I it, it's true. If if he plays adequate, I think they could win. If he's, you know shit goaltending that you can't win with and they're in trouble. And as far as Edmonton's concerned, after looking at some of those stats, like Jesus Christ. I hope I hope that they just cool off by the time that we play them or something. Chicago's beating them right now. Maybe Chicago pulls that off, beats them, and then we just get like a normal Edmonton team and they just focus on whatever. Uh, but at the same time, yikes. Stats were I'm mind-boggling. But it's yeah. early. I think that's what's going to happen. I think they're, the Flyers are going to win tonight. They're going to go to three on one. They're going to get an Edmonton team that just got their asses whooped by the Blackhawks. Flyers are going to go to four zero and one, on their way to eighty one zero and one, a national hockey <laughs> record of <laughs> one hundred and sixty three point season. Carter Hart will have his second shutout of the year tomorrow night. He missed his, you know, what he was supposed to do with 82 shutouts. But on his way there, uh, yeah, let's wrap this one up. 4-0-1 by the end of tomorrow night. Big win tonight. Elliot's got to stand on his head because he's just not good. Um, follow us on Twitter, at HW underscore radio underscore. Follow us on Instagram, at HW underscore radio. Follow us on Facebook. High and Wide Radio. Just search High and Wide Radio. What I miss, guys? Anything? 
Are we set to wrap this up? Let's go Flyers. Yeah. Yeah. Big win tonight. Let's go watch the fucking Flyers. (laughs) Flyer die. Be a fucking Flyer. Um, What else do we say? Let's go Flyers, baby. (laughs) Yeah, let's fucking go. Let's go watch the game. Have fun, guys. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk next week.